Hey there, Markomaniacs. Quick note before we launch into the episode. As you can see from the title, we're going to be watching the debut of The Rock today. I'm actually going to be running my own experiment on the side. Ryan doesn't know about this. We're going to be going through our usual notes around the match, but I'm not going to be expressly telling him that Rocky Maivia is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, I'm curious if Ryan figures it out on his own through my notes and through watching the match. I suspect he is not going to pick up on that little morsel of information, but we're going to find out. So join us and we will see how it goes. Again, you and I, we're in on the secret. Ryan, he's not. So let's see how this all plays out. Podcast. Shrimp on the barbie. Shrimp, 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 shrimp on the barbie. Do you respect that? That's corruption. I can make a fake snake. Do you not pee in the pool? Do you, 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 you not pee on the barbie? All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Hard Mark Imagineering Laboratory. Take it away, Markbot 5000. And Ryan, I know that you requested a non wrestling related thing. I did what I could. I pulled some strings with, with lead scientist Crispin Hickenbottom. And I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised, Ryan. So here, here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast. Ooh, ooh, ooh. If you've been sitting in the middle of a 100-acre wood for the past couple years, it's a show where Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years and smells faintly of basil and lavender, introduces one match per show to have half a lump, who has never watched wrestling. They talk about the backstory, they watch the match, and then they rank a match on their ever-growing list. The purpose of the show is to see what happens when someone that's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches. And let's bring out the star of the show, a guy who can't stand ketchup, freedom, and the chuckles of newborn babies, that's match Ryan Murphy. And let me tell you folks, the wonderful thing about Ryan is that he's the only one. If we had a second one, I'd probably blow my brains out. Hoo-hoo. <laughs> was that, okay, alright. Um, was that like Bugs Bunny? Like... <laughs> Bugs Bunny? God, do you not know what catchphrases are for fucking cartoons? That sounded like Bugs Bunny. Yeah, it, like the. Uh, it sounded nothing like Bugs Bunny at yeah, all. It sounded like like. Oh my god, Eric! Who was it? it uh, Hundred Acre Wood was referenced within that dialogue, sir. Half a lump was was referenced. The last line of the thing. The uh, the wonderful thing about Ryan is that he's the only one. None of these ring a bell with you whatsoever. Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. That's that did not. That sounded like Bugs Bunny. It did not. Bugs Bunny <laughs> has a New York accent, Ryan. Yeah, I, it, but it sounded like a terrible version of Bugs Bunny. Like, that's who <laughs> I. That's who I. Uh, it was. It wasn't. It was Mark it was, Botts. It was Tigger. Disney, very litigious. Definitely not Tigger, <laughs> but something that sounded yeah. remarkably similar to Tigger. <laughs> okay. I mean, but, uh, uh, freedom. Where, uh, yeah, you hate freedom, ketchup, the laughter, the chuckles of newborn babies, etc. Is that all because I hate ketchup? ketchup it's all because you hate word. ketchup. Exactly. I just ex- <laughs> Markbot extrapolated all that other information because you hate ketchup. Yeah, no, that makes that you know. 
the you know the science that goes behind hating ketchup. You know, it picked right. it up. Who hates ketchup? Fucking people that are America haters. That's who. I um I thought a little bit more about so last Rumpus time we ranked famous Murphys, right, Ryan? Yep. I forgot a Murphy. Hmm. Like it just dawned on me. I wasn't researching or anything. I was just thinking about it. And Charlie Murphy. Char- uh, I mean, if we're ranking Eddie, you can't also rank Charlie. That would be that's uh, you can't put two Murphys in the same list. That would be that'd be anarchy. Dropkick Murphys. Oh, Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been high on that list. Would that yeah. have been higher than Brittany Murphy? Yeah, uh, it's possible. Yeah, uh, possible. <laughs> Honorable mention uh, to Dropkick Murphys, everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good, good call. <laughs> yeah. So anyone who listened to it, like, what the fuck about Dropkick Murphys? I just remember. Oh uh, yeah, someone should have. Yeah, damn it, Eric. That could that could have been a nice. Like at least there was no competition with Brittany Murphy. Like really, like right. Could have at least had a little a competition, but it's all right. But we did. Right. <laughs> but we did. We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> We got Brittany Murphy up there, number one. All right, so let's see here. Are you ready to get into some professional wrestling, Ryan? Yeah, let's do it. Well, it's that time of year. It's Thanksgiving time. It's just around the corner. And I know uh, a couple of rumpus time or two ago, we talked about ranking our holidays, and you did Thanksgiving. You did it a little dirty. You did it a little dirty, Ryan. But I put it at three. That sounds about right. I think, uh, I mean, do you really want to know? Because I can find out. Well, I mean, I just, I, you don't have to, like, pull it up. I just, I, I, I thought I did Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving should have been fine. <laughs> put it fourth. Fourth. You put, you said Christmas, Fourth of July, needs, New Year's. Needs a little work, I think, is what four is usually. <laughs> yeah, four is, is considered to be <laughs> on the rubric of our, of our yeah. ranking system. <laughs> Uh, yes, it, uh, it is currently ranked fourth, needs work. But we're here today, Ryan, with the greatest Thanksgiving tradition of them all. Not the Macy's Day Parade, not American gridiron football. We're talking the Survivor Series, the greatest Thanksgiving tradition of all time. Thank you, Vince McMahon, for bringing this into our lives. And for today's match, we're being magically whisked away to 1996. Let me paint a picture for you, Ryan. Cl- close your eyes. Do me a favor. Close your eyes. Open your mouth, and I will give you a big surprise. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> T- <laughs> Tickle Me Elmo was flying off the shelves, Ryan. Any any memories of Tickle Me Elmo? Yeah, I think it was an Elmo fan. <laughs> uh, you, I mean, this I would have been your sweet spot. You would have been like six years old around here. Yeah, I think it was Yeah, little Sesame Street, right? You don't, but you never had a Tickle Me Elmo, or at least you don't remember having one? I didn't have a Tickle Me Elmo, but I did have a variety of stuffed animals. Um, That's fine. But I kept, I kept the real crew, like, around. I need, I need no street, you know, Tickle Me Elmo, like. <laughs> I'm just going to let you hang in the wind on this one. You finish that <laughs> thought, please. Well, I, I just, I, I run with my crew, Eric. I ran with the crew, and I didn't need any people from the outside coming in. I had my crew. All right, we were out there. Who was we the head? Of, who was the head of your stuffed animal crew? Wendell. What the fuck is Wendell? <laughs> that was my, that was my number one. My number one little, little, little bunny, little bunny rabbit with a carrot. You named uh, it Wendell. I mean, his name was Wendell. I'm, I don't know, like if I, I'm, I, I don't know if my parents named him Wendell. Or I named him Wendell. I don't, I don't know, but as that was my my childhood best stuffed animal, number one, like best homie right there. Best best homie, street 
He keeps it fucking a hundred. Yeah. yeah. But so Wendell's not from a thing. Like I, there's not a cartoon that I'm not. No, 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 no. Wendell's just Wendell. I I don't need any corporate influence in my crew. Like (laughs) corporate influence. I mean, my number one stuffed animal. I don't know how visible it is to you right now. Probably can see a little bit of of that fella, but you remember the my pet monster? Yeah, he's he's here. He's hanging out. That's uh, that's a, a that goes way back. Oh yeah, that was you, you can tell he's got marker all over his pickle nose right now. Um, <laughs> he's got you know some tears here and there, but yeah, he was whenever I would have royal rumbles on my bed as a child, and and, <laughs> yeah. and I'd throw all the other stuffed animals <laughs> off to, as a form of eliminating them. It was yeah. always my pet monster versus me as the final yeah, two. final match. Yeah, yeah that those were the last two guys in the match for sure. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so tickle me, Elmo. Back to our wrestling. This is going to be difficult because we didn't actually record Rumpus Time and this together. So I feel like there's a lot of sexual tension that we're trying to get rid of before we get into wrestling. But we yeah. got tickle me, Elmo. Uh, you know what the the box office top of the box office 1996 Ryan Independence Day. Welcome to mm-hmm. Earth and uh, the Spice Girls. They were shucking and jiving and keeping I us watched- all bopping to their hot tunes. I watched Independence Day with my very hot babysitter. That's how I remember Independence Day so well. Oh wow! That's uh, did you try? Like, how old were you, were you? So okay, you would have been like six then. So you watched it more or less when it came out, six or seven. Yeah, I would say so, yeah, six or seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How's a six? I mean, I guess I guess you're old enough to recognize if someone's attractive or not at that age. I suppose. Yeah, I was. <laughs> care to delve into this topic anymore or should we move on that's all i (laughs) yeah yeah that's why i remember it well in short in case you hadn't uh picked up on on this from what we've been talking about you know uh these were simpler times ryan better times but as per usual Chaos was reigning in the WWF, and these tumultuous times meant that some scores needed to be settled. And when the testosterone reaches its apex, you gotta partner up, you gotta find some like-minded individuals, and you gotta start slapping some meat. That's what we're gonna do here today. We're gonna slap some meat. So what we've got here today, Ryan, it's been a while since we've watched one of these. It's a four-on-four traditional Survivor Series match. So as a reminder, because I don't expect that you would remember all the rules of all these things, the premise of these types of matches is that every member of your opposing team must be eliminated in order to win the match. So it's not first pin wins like most matches are. you got to take out all four members of the opposing team to be victorious. I don't want to ask to give the match away, but are we going to see a real fucking match here? Or is there going to be some like, you know, some shit going on in the background where we like, you know, is this going to be, are we going to see four pins in this match? Or are we going to see some bullshit? Like, I mean, what, so by bullshit, you're talking like, give me an I'm example. We've seen a lot of bullshit recently. <laughs> Eric. We've seen a lot of bullshit recently happen. All right. This is going to, this is going to be a real proper match. There's no, there's no right, sh- there's- referee chicanery or anything like that. Okay, if that's what okay, you're getting okay. at. All right. Okay. okay. All right. I'm glad that you're now you're on board. Now you're on board. <laughs> First, we're going to start with the bad guy team, Ryan, and I'm sure you're going to be keeping feverish notes on your side of this thing. So the team captain of the bad guy team is Hunter Hurst Helmsley. So we uh, Hunter, Hunter Biden. <laughs> oh, Jesus, don't fucking start with this. <laughs> we have seen Helmsley 
not Biden, Helmsley in passing once or twice. Eventually, he would be the guy who would go on to join Shawn Michaels in forming D-Generation X. But at this time, in 1996, he was portraying a snooty Connecticut blue blood, a pompous and arrogant douchebag. He had recently won the Intercontinental Championship through dubious means. He defeated the wild man, Mark Marrow, for that championship one month prior to the match that we'll be watching here today. And as luck would have it, Ryan, Mark Marrow would happen to be the captain of the good guy team. Imagine that. He was accompanied to the ring for his matches by his real-life wife, Sable, who had ditched Helmsley for Marrow earlier in the year due to her poor treatment at his hands. Marrow was a relative newcomer to the WWF. He debuted earlier in 1996 to great fanfare, and he had been slotted to be a big star for the company in the future. You go back and forth here. Good guy, bad guy. Good guy, bad guy. Yeah, exactly. You got it. Yeah. So we got Captain of the Bad Guys, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, Captain of the Good Guys, the Wild Man, Mark Marrow. Next up for the bad guy team, we've got the eccentric gold dust. Actually, you know what? Let me try that one more time. (laughs) I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do it the right way. Yeah. Next up for the bad guy team, we have the eccentric, the eccentric. Gold dust. That was good. I oh, rubbed rub my nipples. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you did. You were very physically involved in that one. You have to be if you're going to just say yeah. gold dust. That's not quite yeah. you know giving him his his just due. So we saw him take on Rowdy Roddy Piper in the Hollywood Backlot Brawl way back in episode 39. This is actually episode 64, Ryan dedicated to the memory of the Nintendo 64. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> uh, Goldust, of course, accom- uh, accompanied to by his real-life wife and his director, Marlena. Goldust had also been in a f- involved in a feud with Marrow around the same time, and he had attempted to recruit Sable to join their kinky little sex tandem, but Marrow was able to successfully keep Sable out of their sticky hands. Uh, around the time of this match, Goldust had developed a little bit of a rivalry with a badass Texan known as the Stalker, Barry Windham, which unsurprisingly is the next member of the <laughs> good guy team. At one point in time, Barry Windham was considered one of the top five greatest wrestlers in the world. He had size, speed, and excellent technique. In 1996, though, Barry was on the back end of his career, and the most notable thing about him at this time was probably his crazy mustache. Uh, As a general rule in wrestling, Ryan, if you wrestle in a t-shirt, that's not usually a great sign. Uh, To take that a step further, if you wrestle in a t-shirt and that t-shirt isn't your own shirt that with with yourself on it, but it just says the name of the company. That's almost certainly a bad sign, and that is what happened to Barry Windham in this match. He's just wearing a shirt that has the WWF logo on it. Oh, yeah, I, that's new information. We don't watch a lot of matches where guys are just wearing T-shirts of the company. Surprisingly yeah. enough, but uh, little little huh. morsel of information for you. Why? Why is that? Which part? Both parts. Why is it? Why? Yeah. Why would it be bad news to wear a t-shirt with your with your company? Right. Because so so wearing a t-shirt when you're wrestling is usually like oh this guy's not in very good shape and usually especially Vince McMahon he doesn't he doesn't promote and push guys that don't have great physiques more often than not. There have been exceptions. 
It's like jumping into a pool with a t-shirt. It's kind of like that. Like you, you see that and you're like, yeah, there's something probably weird about his body. <laughs> and then, but like, there are some guys who, who like have managed to succeed in spite of that. But usually those guys are wearing like their own t-shirt. So it'll have like their logo on it or like a picture of them or some, something to like push their merchandise. So people see him wrestling and be like, Oh, I want to buy one of those. Like it wouldn't like Steve Austin didn't really wear a t-shirt when he wrestled, but if he did, it would be like an Austin 316 shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Barry Windham was not a big enough deal to have a shirt of his own. <laughs> So he had to wear a shirt that just said WWF on it. It's just something that when fans see it, they're like, oh, this is kind of fucking lame. Like, why don't you have your own shirt? Uh, you know, I can, I'm a shirt stealer occasionally. <laughs> I've had my fair share, but one of my finest pictures is wearing a shirt that wasn't mine. You know? What does that mean? I'm just saying it's a great picture and it wasn't my shirt. Whose shirt was it? We have a picture of us. I'll send it to you later. Uh, and it's just, we went to to my buddy's closet, and we just picked out shirts out of his closet, and we were trying to look nice. And I, you know, I put, I was like, "Damn, it's great." Was was it my shirt? No, it was my shirt. Like, you know, <laughs> the shirt stealer, you know? Right, total shirts. I was, I thought you were gonna say that you were wearing a woman's blouse. No, 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 Eric, I was not. We haven't gotten to that story yet. Eventually, we will. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You just tune in, though. You know? <laughs> Yeah, you never know what's going to come up on one of these episodes. But enough piling on Barry Windham for being a shirt stealer. (laughs) Let's pivot back to the bad guy team, where we have a man by the name of Crush. Crush had been with the company off and on over the years. During one of his off times, he had actually been arrested and put in jail for purchasing steroids and possessing an illegal handgun. A year or so later, after having paid his debt to society, Crush rejoined the WWF as an ex-con biker, playing into his real-life arrest with the fans chanting jailbird at him at every opportunity. I like the way you said that. Which part? Uh, you paid his debt to society. He paid so. his debt to society. He owed us a debt, all of us here in the United States, and he paid. Well said, Eric. Thank you. Back to the good guys. We have former Olympic powerlifter Mark Henry. Mark Henry legitimately is one of the strongest men to have ever lived. In his days as a powerlifter, he set records in multiple different lifts. He likely would have meddled at the Olympics had a back injury not taken him out of the competition. Even so, at six foot four and over 400 pounds, Henry was the largest athlete in Olympic history. Uh, the WWF took notice of this. And with Mark Henry being a huge wrestling fan from his childhood, it made the negotiations to bring the power lifter on board an easy one. It also didn't hurt that Henry was signed to a 10-year, $250,000 per year contract considered to be one of the most lucrative in company history at the time. Eventually... And this is, again, not playing into our match, but just a little fun kernel of information. Eventually, the WWF seemed to want an easy way out of that contract and would put Henry in a number of questionable storylines that seemed to be designed to try and get him to quit the company. Uh, But he would soldier through a love affair with a (laughs) 75-year-old woman where she gave birth to a human hand. He would also survive being portrayed as a sex addict, where he lost his virginity to his sister at eight years old, as well as oh, dis- as well as dis- <laughs> it's hard to get through this with a straight face. And discovering a transsexual woman's penis while in the throes of passion. You gotta love oh. the attitude era, Ryan. 
God, I love the attitude. Yeah, I mean, especially 1997, you know? Yeah, this, yeah. Some of the stuff might fly today, but like... Yeah, that's uh, most of these things I just... Like the like him having a love affair with a 75-year-old woman and impregnating her and that she gave birth to a hand. That would happen a couple years afterwards. This is still fresh-faced Mark Henry, but uh, he'll get there. <laughs> he'll he'll get he'll become sexual chocolate. But he powered his way through it. He's he powered probably, his way through know, it. Eventually became guy. a full-fledged Hall of Famer, despite the WWF, <laughs> WWF efforts to uh, get him to quit. So, these are the best stories about wrestling. These, this is why wrestling is kind of shit. Like, this is it right here. Like, <laughs> I like, and this isn't the way he would, what he would have said, you know, episode one, two, or three. You know, it, it takes time to really... It, wrestling yeah. sticks to your ribs like a fine stew, everybody. Yeah. Uh, but in 1996, the WWF's buyer's remorse had not sunk in just yet. So all the events that I described, again, those were off in the future for the young, powerlifting Henry. Uh, around the time of the 1996 Survivor Series, Mark Henry had been in a, involved in a feud with Jerry the King Lawler, who we've also previously seen a couple times. Unfortunately for Henry, it appears that he's suffered an injury leading up to the match today. So while he has been advertised to appear, we'll see if he actually makes it out or not. And so the last member of the bad guy team, the man uh, or a man that we just mentioned, Jerry Lawler, he's an old veteran, a truly great wrestler who was able to get the absolute most out of the audience while simultaneously doing the least. He's feuded with Andy Kaufman. We've seen his empty arena match with with Terry Funk. He's here. He's an asshole. He likes making fun of people. That's Jerry Lawler, old salty veteran. And... To round out the good guy team, our last member uh, of the of any of these teams to talk about, we have a newcomer to the WWF. As a matter of fact, the match that we're going to be watching here today is his debut in the company. His name is Rocky Maivia. Maivia is the very first third-generation wrestler in WWF history. His father was Soul Man Rocky Johnson, who had married the daughter of Samoan great High Chief Peter Maivia. So Rocky was getting the wrestling gene from both sides of the family. He had been a standout athlete in his younger days, playing defensive tackle for the University of Miami. But with players like Warren Sapp in the same position, he found himself the odd man out of the team. So after he graduated, he moved to the Great White North. He would play in the Canadian Football League for the Calgary Stampeders. And with his football career not having panned out the way that he'd hoped, and with a mere $7 to his name, he made some phone calls and he got himself a tryout with the WWF. Uh, they were impressed with his size, his look, his charisma. They signed him up and the training process began. After a few months of training, it was announced that Rocky Maivia's debut would be at the Survivor Series and in the most famous arena in the world, Madison Square Garden, which if you can make it there, Ryan, you can make it anywhere. Any thoughts on Rocky Maivia at the moment? No. Okay. So, and just so you're, it's clear, we talked about how his dad is uh, Rocky Johnson. His grandpa is uh, High Chief Peter Maivia. They basically took those two guys, combined them and gave him his name of Rocky Maivia. The conversely, what they the alternate name, what what that would have been, <laughs> just again, fun fact, Peter Johnson. But they didn't go that right ra- that route. They went uh, Rocky Maivia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's a dick reference, Ryan. Let's keep up with the program here. We're talking about wieners. Uh, so, 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 so to summarize here, Ryan. 
For the bad guys, we've got the blue blood, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, convicted criminal crush, the bizarre and sexual gold dust, and noted asshole Jerry the King Lawler, taking on the team of the wild man Mark Marrow, bless his heart because he's trying his best, stalker Barry Windham, the blue chip prospect Rocky Maivia, and maybe the power lifter Mark Henry. Again, it appears that he may have suffered an injury, so uh, we may get Henry, we may get somebody else, we may just have a four- Versus three match. We don't know yet. Either way, we're going to Madison Square Garden and we're going to survive, brother. And four versus three is just totally fair. I mean, it could be. I guess we'll we'll see. We don't know. It's all speculative so far. Uh, Any questions around that match at the the moment? I don't think so. It sounds like a pretty typical good guy versus bad guy match. You know, we're taking like, it back to to more simple times. None of the yeah, tomfoolery. Yeah. Easy of, to distinguish, you know, like yes, who's good, who's bad. Right. Yes. A very very clear delineation, line in the sand, etc. To finish things out before we watch this thing, Ryan's current record is thirty six wins, thirty three losses, and a draw. He is on a two match losing streak. This is the 71st match that we have seen so far. Ryan, (laughs) it feels like I'm piling on. I'm not. Ryan has only won one of his last eight matches. He's on a quite downward trend. but as I mentioned, there's been some fucking bullshit going on in the last eight matches. There's specifically. only been two. That's why I had to, Eric, how many times have I asked this question? I had to fucking ask. There's been... Well, if there's bull, this is the first time you've ever asked if there's bullshit. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I'm saying. Like last eight matches have been totally fucked up. Like you're talking about the the Hogan versus Sting thing. You're talking about Hogan versus Sting, right? Talk about a lot of shit, Eric. (laughs) I did ask Grant what his opinion on the Hogan versus Sting thing was. By the way, chairman of the board of direct, the Hardmark board of directors. Yeah, exactly. He really he he is the final say. He wanted to give you a draw. And I was like, we're just, we'll just keep it. We'll just keep it as a loss. Fucking love Grant. Bring Grant back. Bring hashtag bring Grant back. And actually, it's interesting you bring up the whole good guy bad guy thing, Ryan, because that's actually the last little bit of uh, information I have before we watch this thing. Of the seventy matches that we have seen, sixty of them have had a clear good guy and a clear bad guy. Thirty-one of those matches. The good guy has won. 29 of those matches, the bad guy has won. Pretty Pretty, pretty even. Split. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, yeah. which I didn't intend. Like, I'm not going in to be like, oh, we have to keep it even. Like, I'm not thinking about that. Ryan has predicted the good guy to win 40 times. Uh, of those 40, he has a re- record of 21 wins, 18 losses, and a draw. And he has predicted the bad guy 21 times with a record of 11 wins. And ten losses. So, wow, that's like dead even too. Pretty much dead even. So yeah, it's all all over the place. Wrestling's really, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough sport, man. Like <laughs> the sport it's of a tough sport to call. Sport of kings. I mean, unless you get really good at it, because you know we we all know the betting odds are are in favor of the ultra smart professional wrestling fans. So. <laughs> Right. Well, right. with that said, we are going to take a brief break here, and we'll give you some audio of the match. When we come back, we'll give you our thoughts on Team Helmsley versus Team Marrow. Thanks very much, everybody. It's in Madison Square Garden, ladies and gentlemen. If anything ever really big happens in sports what? entertainment, it happens from Madison Square Garden. And tonight, it's the WWF Survivor Series. You talk about Marlena. Look across the red table there. She's empty inside. You look in her eyes and you see nothing. She hasn't even had a smile. Why don't you run over there and run me a little air and see if she's got another cigar? The former Dwayne Johnson taking the name 
of his dad and his grandfather. And forming Rocky Maivia is a tribute to them. One, two, three, that's with a hard punch. He's got him with a hard punch. First top Jake with a hard punch. Now the rookie, Rocky Maivia, is left with two men on one. Two veterans against the rookie. And why is the official allowing? I have this no is, This is absurd. The fish inning tonight has been totally just watched Team Helmsley versus Team Marrow at the Survivor Series 1996. Ryan, what did you think of the match? I thought it was a good match through and through. Not overly sparkly, but <laughs> it, uh, it had everything you kind of want in a wrestling match. You know, I, I, I enjoyed it. Sparkly's not usually a part of the Ryan vernacular on this show. Yeah, well, you watch wrestling long enough, it just <laughs> kind of works its way into your vocabulary. I don't know. Like, it's just, sometimes it's too much mm-hmm. sparkle. You know, other times it's not enough. Uh, this one had the right amount. Right. Um, it's like the three so, bears and Goldilocks and et cetera. Yeah, had had solid match. Solid match for sure. I thought, I sometimes, like, I'm more or less spot on with how I think you're going to feel about a match. Other times, less so. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of that uh, as we go along here today. I thought for sure that like the match itself, you were going to be kind of like ho hum about, but it seems like maybe you didn't like love it, but it seems like you enjoyed it more than I was expecting you to. Yeah, it was a great intro. Mm-hmm. It was a great intro to the match. Um, there was the consistency of just action. I guess I don't know. Like what? I, it, there was it was always a little bit of back and forth. Sometimes a couple people were pulled in. It seemed pretty clean. Like, it seemed like a pretty clean match. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't any, whatever you were talking about, bullshit beforehand. You know, it, was a, it, it wasn't <laughs> yeah, it was, anything it was, where Hulk Hogan was politicking yeah, with the yeah, referee was, or anything like that. Yeah, fairly well called. Like, you know, like, I don't know. It's a good match. Well, let's go into the notes. Let's let's kind of figure out uh, the, the nuts and bolts of this thing. So, when we first join the the uh, proceedings here, we've got Sonny. Sonny enters the arena for guest commentary. Mama Mia. What a babe. For real. No doubt about that. Like sometimes, Eric, you, you say, Oh, what a what a babe. Or I don't maybe I shouldn't call you out for that. But like <laughs> yeah, even the, I don't know even that I've ever said it. But yeah. Are like, what a babe. And it's like, this is your classic. 199 early 90s whatever hairsprayed weird hair that chick was fine as fuck <laughs> we talked about it a little bit again i'm going to try to not be too horny about it i think sunny was one of the things that i'm not saying things in like a disrespectful way, way <laughs> by the way like there were two things that like kind of got me back into wrestling one was i heard hulk hogan was a bad guy two was I caught wind of Sonny being yeah. in existence, and it was like, holy shit. 
what is happening to my body when I see that woman. She was so, just everything about her was just so sexy. Yeah. And I would say she, she's hot for like, not that like we have a like super high hot standard now, but she's hot for 2022. Like, you know, yeah. she's still hot. Like, you know. <laughs> Well, uh, to be fair, yes, we're talking about 1996 Sunny still being hot. Today's Sunny, she's had her fair share of uh, of of ups and downs o- over the years. Well, I'm just saying, like, but yes, by she, those, she, yeah, like for 96, you carry her to today. Like, like she's still hot today. Like, oh, she's a know. knockout, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's here's a fun fact, and I was thinking about this when I was putting my notes together. <laughs> this is the type of thing that like is so emblematic of the 1990s. Apparently, this fact is real. I Googled it independent of what they were talking about on the show. She was the research. Yes, independent research, as we do here, the very highly scientific podcast. She was the most downloaded woman of 1996. (laughs) Uh, Is she a model? She was just, I mean, she did what you saw her do on the show. She was just a WWF personality. She would show up on the show. She'd kind of like do, she was like a manager. So she'd be like ringside doing stuff, but like she didn't model or act on the side or anything like that. But she was literally the most downloaded woman of 1996. Those dads we were talking about watching the wrestling match, those dads were the ones who got the internet, like the AOL.com CD and like downloaded her, like, you know, in whatever context like that. And no one could blame them for it. Not one person could blame them for it. But uh, yeah, so Sunny arrives, as did my puberty. <laughs> she has a lot of back and forth with some of the, with specifically uh, Jim Ross, uh, where she says to JR, this is my favorite line. We talked about it a little bit during the match. I'm multi talented, JR. And then he just responds, I'm sure you are, which <laughs> made me laugh uh, quite a bit. Then we got well, a. She called him chubby, too. She did call him chubby. She kind of did yeah. start it. Yes. She yeah, started yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a promo with the bad guy team. So the, everybody gets a chance to speak. We've got Triple H with his horrible, horrible accent. We've got Jerry Lawler. who You just, you said that everyone knows somebody that's like Jerry Lawler. Yeah. The king. I think so. Like, <laughs> Do you care to elaborate like he, on that point he, at he all? Looks, he looks like a guy like that you knew back in the day, but like he has grown up to be this guy like... Like that's wearing a crown. Yeah, like this is where he ended up. You know? Like you knew this guy way back, but this yeah. is where he ended up. We had Crush, the for the ex con, that he paid his debt to society. Any thoughts on Crush, at least during the promo at all? No, I mean he kind of reminds me of like an old friend of mine who works on Harley Davidson motorcycles, you know, like and his you tattoo know, on like his had face a bunch is... of Budweiser girls up on the wall. Like that's who you, you know, got like to. you got to. The, the yeah. just by the way, just so it's clear, the thing on his face was not a real tattoo. That was just drawn on. Wow, oh, okay. Right. What just... about on his neck? I don't think he had any tattoos, actually. I thought he had a tattoo on his neck. Well, I mean, maybe he had one drawn on, but I don't think he had any real tattoos. Oh, okay. All right, maybe, yeah. Because, like, he wrestled for another, I don't know, five or so years after this. And, like, there was definitely points later where he did not have any tattoos at all. I like the style, for sure. Like, And then the promo closed out with (sighs) gold dust. And Marlena. You, you, the first thing that you pointed out when that promo started with Mar, was Marlena sensually sucking on that cigar. Oh, come on. How could you not see? You know, I did. She was all, 
That did not even make it to my notes. I was not paying attention to her, but you immediately just two eyes right on Marlena. This may be the horniest episode we've had thus far. Between my sunny fixation and you looking at Marlena sucking on that cigar, it got it got real graphic there for a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they're talking about how there's only three guys on the team. They mentioned Mark Mark Henry. Mark Henry may not be you know fit to compete, etc. Uh, the bad guys are out first. We've got Crush. Then we've got Lawler. He acts like he's going to square up with some fans. Goldust emerges. Hunter Hearst Helmsley then arrives with his title and his shitty music. And then we've got the good guys. And you seem to be immediately enamored with the good guy team from the moment that they came out. Just in awe. They they have a style about them. Like they, <laughs> from, from the very beginning. Like the wild flashy. man Mark Mara was the first one out. Flashy his... as fuck. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like the, he looked like he knew what he was doing. You know, like flashy, but he was out there to like, you know, handle some shit. Like, you he know. He had a robe. Yeah. He had he had a little sparkly, there's that word again, sparkly little fireworks, little circular, circu- circular, circular little firework things uh, above the ring. But yeah, it was a very flashy entrance. And then the, <laughs> maybe the antithesis of Mark Merrow's entrance, the stalker, Barry Windham, and his badass mustache. <laughs> he, he has his camo pants. He had a shirt that Ryan really liked a lot, only to annoy me. Good time had by all. With the stock, I love, I love that guy. <laughs> I love that guy. You, I, I, going into this, you talked a lot of shit about him, and I don't know why he seems like the most like wrestling dadish, maybe uncleish figure that you had uh, <laughs> would be more fitting. Like, yeah, but that's the guy you want in the ring. Like, slam six fucking bush lights right before the match. <laughs> like, you know. He That's looked, the kind of guy he is. We do, we joked about how he looked like he came straight from Snohomish to Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is very, very accurate. Uh, right the, out of Monroe Prison, I think you. Uh, the Monroe you Prison, yeah, you, yeah. Also, also factually correct. <laughs> yeah. The the third member of the good guy team, Rocky Maivia, and his broccoli haircut. Great guy, man. Like he won the match for you. He did. He Spoiler did. alert. Uh, Ryan picked the good guys. They did win, all thanks to Rocky Maivia. I mean, just a solid-looking wrestler. Like, not not anything, not flashy, I would say. Mm-hmm. But out there, like, you know, like, ready to, ready to handle whatever was thrown at him. And he did. He did admirably. And, and like, yeah. you have to imagine in, in, like, a real, in a very real-life sense, having your debut with the company be in Madison Square Garden would probably be a little daunting. We, we talked about that a, a bit. Uh, while we were watching the match. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there's a guy who handles the pressure, you know. <laughs> exactly. And that guy that comes out ready to fucking fight. Like <laughs> And I have to I have to come clean with you, Ryan. I was running a little scientific experiment of my own in secret mm. and I did not tell you about it. In sequel? In secret. <laughs> in, <laughs> yes. In a, in uh in <laughs> God damn it. Don't ruin my fucking reveal here, sir. Oh uh, with Hetamol and sequel and all those other good things. But uh, yes, I've been running my own scientific experiment, Ryan. So I've been waiting for this match for, for a little while. I've been looking forward to it because I've known that I was going to I was gonna test you. I was going to see mm. how observant you were. I even oh. I went so far as to tell my wife that I was going to do this. And my wife and I even had a little... A disagreement. I feel like I know you pretty well. I know 
the things you pick up on. I know the things you don't pick up on. Okay. She disagreed. She, I think, holds you to a higher standard <laughs> than I do. Sweet woman. A very sweet woman. <laughs> Rocky Maivia, did anything strike you as familiar about Rocky Maivia when you saw him in the ring? Anything like that? Like wrestling-wise? like Anything-wise. Just him. Him as a human being. I don't... I think, unfortunately, I'm going to lose head of this bet. <laughs> I think you are. But, but uh, sure <laughs> sorry, Heather. I I appreciate you holding me up to such a you know high standard. But I will. Yeah, you reminded me of a childhood friend. Okay, uh, that's mostly what what's no. So what was the so uh, Rocky Maivia would uh, eventually go on. He he had a decent little run. You know, he's not uh, he's not hurting too bad. But you know, he's doing okay for himself. You might you might know him, Markomaniacs. Uh, maybe you've come across his body of work at some point in time. Just a, a guy by the name of Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. Biggest movie star oh, in, the hist- in, in, in all of movies right now. Yeah, that's who we just no, saw. No, That was no. his debut match, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> damn, I feel like I let a lot of people down. <laughs> I think, uh, no, I disagree. I think that you not picking up on that just made a lot of people's day. <laughs> well, I'm sure it did. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't. Uh, now that you say it, though, like, yeah, I could, I could kind of pick. I, but like, that would not, that would not have been on my. I didn't know like Dwayne the Rock Johnson came out and, uh, or he like built up to who he was. I figured he came out like as Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> yeah, he built he built his way up to that. Yeah, he started as Rocky Maivia, and then then that yeah. became shortened to the Rock, and then once he became acting, it was uh, you know. That whole thing. But here, let me... Here, I'm going to send you... So now that you know this, I just sent you a picture of this this young (laughs) strapping lad. So now you... Now knowing this information... That's that's tough, man. He doesn't even look... (laughs) I mean, he looks like... I mean, yes. Now that you say it... Right, yes. Get rid of all... Get rid of the broccoli on top. Yeah. Yeah. No. But yeah, that's the the rock. So we just watched the debut of the rock. This is the debut of The Rock right here. I mean, this is Rocky Maivia, a.k.a. The Rock's very first match in the WWF, who would go on to superstardom. Holy shit. Like, that's that's some shit I could take on past this podcast, you know? <laughs> that's and you, and you picked pass him. That's some knowledge about, you know? Like, he, he, he was your guy. You latched onto him immediately. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's all. Damn. Yeah. Your Damn. love of Rampage really paid off. Well, shit. I mean, I still, I still feel that like uh, holds me up as like a wrestling fan now. You know, I, I, you know, hey, I love the guy. You know, but <laughs> did I, did I, did I, did I call? No, I'm, and I apologize, Heather. I, you know, oh, apologize yeah. to your wife. I will let her know. I will be giddy yeah. as I tell her. Yeah. Like, guess who was right about Ryan not knowing it was the fucking. Rock. Don't sing to her, Eric. <laughs> I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna be so sing songy. It's gonna be great. <laughs> So, okay, the match starts. Uh, we've got uh, one last surprise up our sleeve. So Mark Henry, not in the match. He's injured. Uh, Mark Marrow gets on the on the mic, and he announces none other than Jake the Snake Roberts as the surprise fourth member, which got a big pop out of Ryan. Very, very happy to see his guy, Jake the Snake, with, I'm not going to go so far as to say that was absolutely <laughs> a fake snake. <laughs> that that I, snake looks goddamn dead. I wanted to say it. 
I wanted to say it, but I knew all the controversies that surround this podcast and fake snake type of debates. All right. So I let it go. I let it go. That snake looked the limpest I've ever seen anything. It all didn't right? move at all. And I, lo- like I reround several times. Floppy ass motherfucking snake. Like. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could refute you, but I just can't. That snake was either dead or fake. Well, you said it had been like like doped up, and I I'm wondering, do they can they do that to snakes for these matches? Like, can oh, you they can dope do a snake up? You want? It's 1996, brother. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Don't I run mean, some errands for me, bitch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like you could. It was very common practice for them to like. And I don't know how they did it. I'm sure if I read like Jake the Snake's autobiography or something, you probably went into it in more detail. But it was very commonplace for them to do whatever it was that they did to make the snakes like docile and cool. Again, that snake, was, that snake looked fucked up. Yeah, that snake did not even look docile. That snake looked fucking dead. <laughs> that snake looked like he was on fucking Quaaludes. It was yeah. like this. Yeah. It was like the scene from Wolf of Wall Street yeah. where Leonardo DiCaprio's driving home. Yeah. It was that snake. 100%. Yes. yes. But uh, he was the big uh, surprise. He had, yeah. he had like the ultimate dad bod going on. He was hoisting a dead fucking snake. Snake around. It was a it was a nice cap off to the entrances, but uh, that's we spent a lot of time talking about the entrances. We'll just jump into the like. I think to summarize the match itself, there wasn't a lot of like moves that were like, oh, how spectacular! Like, there were a couple like pretty fucking good moves. Yeah, yeah but it was just yeah. solid action throughout. Not a whole lot of lulls. I think the one lull that did happen was there was an extended abdominal stretch in there but uh, besides that like they kept the action moving i agree yeah but uh to kind of like just quickly summarize all that stuff um you know hunter hearst helmsley he's avoiding mark marrow he's scared of him he doesn't want to you know wrestle him the whole time uh got just a lot of kind of hip toss drop down backflip action etc etc the first man eliminated is jerry lawler he gets ddt'd by jake the snake uh, and, is, and is the first man eliminated for the the bad guy team there was a point in the commentary and I was hoping, like, oh, gosh, I hope Ryan doesn't pick up on this. There was a point where Vince McMahon mentions that Rocky Maivia's real name is Dwayne Johnson. And I was like, oh, God, if Ryan oh, hears that, I, my that whole makes worse, Eric. <laughs> I think they said it twice. <laughs> God damn it. Like, this is my life, Eric. But, Very, attention to detail is not my, uh, my forte, like. Outside of a of a stake text, he was a hundred percent focused on this match. Like he did not. I, the reason he did not pick <laughs> up on this <laughs> outside of that stake text, he was a hundred percent focused. He did not lose focus on them. He was dialed in the whole time. Occasionally, we would talk a little bit, but yeah, he just uh, it just got by him. Which hey, that happens to to all of us. But the next one out is your guy Snohomish uh, Monroe Penitentiary escapee, the stalker Barry Windham. Eventually, it basically whittles down to being... We'll just skip to the end, because, like, whatever. But it, it jumps down. The last man on the good guy team who you would pick by this point was Rocky Maivia, a.k.a. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, taking on Crush and uh, and Goldust. And- I, was this, like... 
did they know this guy coming in was going to be kind of a big character uh, upcoming? Like, was this some, had he proven himself like in, you know, the prelims or like, I mean, what, like, like, cause he, he took out two big guys, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, was this like, was this a trajectory of his like career? They were going to like put him on. He like, Yes. So the the short answer is yes. So like he was he was the first third generation wrestler that they had ever had in the company. Which oh, he's third generation wrestler. His fucking man. I I said this earlier. His grandpa was <laughs> High Chief Peter Maivia, Samoan wrestler. His father, who married Peter Maivia's daughter, his father was Rocky Johnson, another wrestler. He is the first third generation guy, wow. and so. They saw his size, his look. They were like, this fucking kid's got everything. He's going to be a huge star. We're going to push him right out of the gate and have him beat these two big guys in Madison Square Garden. He's going to be a big deal. And like this match, everything went, maybe perfectly is a strong word, but like it ha- everything that you would want to have happen to him did. Eventually, and I don't know that we're going to see this on the show because I don't know we we're going to get this granular in detail, but I think the WWF looked at him, Vince McMahon looked at him as being like, oh, he's going to be a great, good guy, baby face that everyone's going to love. The problem is around this time of 1996, 1997, the hottest guy in the WWF, the one that everyone wanted to cheer was Stone Cold Steve Austin, this mm. badass anti-hero who flipped people off and drank beer. <laughs> Rocky Maivia, as you saw, yeah. he's this yeah. smiling, dancing, yeah. shucking yeah. and jiving yeah. good guy. People didn't like that anymore. So people started chanting, die, Rocky, die at him eventually. That would be the reasoning, the kind of like rationale for like, okay, let's switch Let's take him, this good guy character, and make him a fucking piece of shit bad guy. And The Rock stemmed from that. So once he was able to show his real personality of being kind of like a cocky douchebag heel, but like he was so charismatic that you couldn't (laughs) fucking boo him, that's when The Rock took off. But here, this is just kind of their initial idea of like, let's make him a good guy that everybody likes. But it didn't end up working, you know, in the next six months or so. I know we've gone through like a bunch of episodes. Yes. And like we've seen a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of shit. Episode 64, everybody. But like, it's interesting to see, like, you know, you see, you have a Hulk stage, and then, you know, you see, you know, um, Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see this all kind of like play out in time. Like, now I feel like I'm going back in time to watch this. <laughs> Because you hear these, you hear these fucking names, and you see all these videos about. It, but like, it's interesting to watch their, like their progression and how it actually like manifested through. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think I, so, and I think that's hopefully the reason why people listen to the episodes is to kind of relive some of that through the eyes of somebody who hasn't experienced damn, these man. things. I, I mean, next time I next time I talk about this, I'm gonna be like. Did you not see the 1996 <laughs> match? Like, what the fuck, man? Like, you, yeah, didn't, yeah. Like, you didn't know when he started? Like, you know? Like, you didn't see his broccoli haircut, motherfucker? Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, grow up. Like, <laughs> grow up. But yeah, I think if, if Rocky Maivia had been a thing 10 years prior, there wouldn't have been any changes. Everyone would have just loved him the way that he was. But, yeah, but you gotta. You, 
you gotta you gotta move and bend with the times, man. Yeah. Like, and that's what wrestling did. Like mm-hmm. that's what wrestling did. They moved and bended with the times. For sure. And like The Rock was ta- to his credit, he was talented enough to know this is not working. This character is not like getting the reaction that it should. I need to do something different. And like and we'll see this. Like for sure yeah. we're gonna highlight The Rock as we go along. But like Steve Austin and The Rock, there wasn't like a number one guy, number two guy, like they were neck and neck. There were points where like, sometimes the rock would be a little bit more popular. Sometimes Steve Austin would be a little bit more popular. Uh, just kind of depend on like where you were and the time of, and like the yeah. specific era and stuff like that. But like the rock would be like the biggest star in the business within probably two years of the match that we just saw. Damn. Which is crazy. But yeah, he, uh, he beat crush. He beat gold dust, big shoulder breaker to finish things out but that's that's the match that's probably the littlest we've ever talked about an actual like the match itself for any of these but you know the the big story is hey the rocks here yeah that's uh that's the match any anything else worth mentioning about that before we move on to ranking i just want to apologize to heather really quick you don't i i will not i will not say that you apologize i just want to quickly give an apology i should have i should have pulled that one out like (laughs) Uh, I mean, even seeing the picture that I posted of him, you were like, I mean, I don't know, Eric. Like, if you don't even see it now. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that now. But maybe I should have picked up on that, uh, you know, commentator's uh, comments. We we Damn it. I would have loved to win that bet. This would not be a very fun show for me if you and I were just sitting in silence uh, (laughs) watching (laughs) watching the matches. So I uh, I don't fault you for that. Let's get into the ranking, my friend. Let's get into uh, me, the ranking. Always right here, right in my history. You're probably not going to pick up on this. I'm going to point <laughs> it out so that you do. I very subtly changed the color coding to make it more, uh, to make it pop, to like make it more better. <laughs> I don't know if that's a proper terminology. To make it better represent the the sections. But did you do you have always the first section in in yellow? No, that's new. I changed that. I think it was that's new. Yeah, it's gold. So these are these are the golden gods of of wrestling there at the top there. <laughs> and you'll notice I changed. Well, it's, it's yellow. It looks like caution sign there. It looks like second place. No, it's fucking gold, dog. It's not gold. That's it's gold. gold. Fuck. That's as gold as it's gonna get. Okay, I'm not changing it again. <laughs> but right. like like scroll. I mean, not... you could you could make it green. That would also be another like. Now, well, there's only three colors on a goddamn traffic light, Ryan. I mean, I don't know why you picked the middle as green and the, the top is yellow. That it seems... gets progressively lighter and more ascending towards heaven as the higher you go on the list, Ryan. Okay. I yeah. thought I was like really proud of this, and now you're just shitting on it. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. But... It's kind of like a poopy, murky color at the bottom <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean, the bottom kind of makes sense, but the top, like you kind of, I think, you kind of fucked it up. Except for second, like blue, I like, but Shut I think up. you should switch up yellow and uh, and green. But I'm gonna keep it like me. this to to just drive a stake through your heart every time. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck! This is this is a good match, man. Like I I enjoyed this match, uh, like through and through. Uh, but I think it it belongs. I'm immediately gravitating towards great. Like um, okay. Find out where I put it, like in here. Um, yeah, fuck. I, I, now that I know the back story of Smash, like I feel like it's got to be like top ten. Wow, really? You think that highly of this match? I really like this match, man. Like, I don't know what. It, maybe it's my my attitude right now. Like, <laughs> I 
think it is. I think it's your attitude and your catitude, and you're getting all these yeah. hot steak picks. Yeah, that might be it too. Like, kind of feel like it would fit at a good number eight. Okay, so let's see. And I just want to make sure, for your knowledge, that you know yeah. what it is that you're bumping up, bumping down, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah so our current number eight. Okay, so this is going to replace Cactus Jacks versus Terry Funk, which was the finals of the King of the Deathmatch tournament. Yeah, let's put the number nine. Okay, so you don't want that anymore. Uh, Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart. Oh, man, I love that match. Okay, you're, you're sure about that? <laughs> I feel like you're trying to convince nah, me. No, it's fine. Okay, it could be number nine. <laughs> Whatever, that's fine. It's okay. It's a new number nine. No, number eight. No, new number eight? Yeah, number eight, Eric. What are you looking at? You eight, said nine. Eight. I said eight. And then I said, okay, so that's going to be... So eight currently is the finals Wait, of the King of the Death match. change here? Because now I'm seeing what you... You got to look at the ranking... Something shady's going on here, dude. Nothing shady's so. happening. I'm not talking. I feel like it was. Dude. You're like, like paranoid now. You you looked at it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's wrong, too. Now I'm seeing number eight, Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk. That's what it is. Yeah, okay, yeah. But. <laughs> so. All right, put him number eight. Fuck it. Right, so the the, the Somerville screw job is in effect, everybody. <laughs> so the number. Well, I don't know how to fucking pronounce it. This is number eight. Yeah, put a number eight. I think it's good. I think it's a good solid number eight. This is better than the King of the Deathmatch finals. Yeah. Okay. This is an important match in history. (laughs) This is the Rock, Eric. I don't think you understand. This is the Rock's debut. Yeah, maybe you didn't pick up that that was actually the Rock, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that's that's it. That's the that's the thing. We just ranked it. We got a new uh, number eight, which is much higher than I was expecting it to be. But hey, Ryan, what did you, what did you, what did you think it would be like? I thought you were going to put it like okay. You place it like give me give me some. Uh, oh gosh, I would have put wrestling it, knowledge. I would have put it a lot lower. Yeah, I would have put it. Uh, oh dang it! You know, you're fucking me. I mean, it had Jake the Snake in it, man. Like. You hate Jake the Snake. You put Jake the yes. Snake as one of our lo- bottom three matches, sir. I understand, but it still had Jake the Snake and he brought out the fucking Don't snake. You dare fucking. It would be probably in the middle. It would be in the middle of the pack for me. It'd be somewhere in the red, the okay, okay. section. Um, you know, it's like it's a totally fine match. I don't hate it, but it's not anything like, you know, a- amazing oh, in my mind. That was a pretty impressive match. I I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed your enjoyment of it. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I uh, and I don't want to poo-poo your enjoyment either. So I'm not even going to say anything more. But yeah, for me, I think it'd probably put it in okay. But I'm, I'm loving the fact that you love it, and and the fact yeah. that you're, you know, I did love it. The Rock is your guy now. Um, I think you needed that. I think you needed a pep in your step, and Rocky Maivia delivered. But with that said, that is, uh, that is the wrestle talk here today. We're going to finish it out same way we do with every proper numbered episode of our program with a little bit of uh eric's wisdom tree so like uh val from brink sue val's revenge oh do i i haven't watched yeah, that you... in quite a while so I, i'm not yeah no that was uh here you go ryan <laughs> this will be a short one with a sweet one Hopefully this doesn't end in an argument because I think we're both in very good moods. Ritz are the best crackers. Oh, uh, this is gonna be an interesting one. <laughs> That's it. That's the fucking wisdom. Ritz are the best crackers. <laughs> so, like, I think I want to say I was like ten, maybe, and I remember sitting at the table and pounding Ritz for some reason. 
Yeah. Like absolutely destroying a like box of I don't know why. I don't have I don't know why. Sure. But like I vividly remember like destroy and then like I could not eat Ritz for pretty much ever. I never bought a bag of Ritz again. I never bought a box. I never like you know, you're at the store and you buy crackers. Yeah. Ritz skipped my mind. Like I didn't even want to I didn't even fuck with them. I don't think they're bad crackers. I'm not shitting on them. I'm just saying like I did something bad when I pounded a whole bag, like not a whole bag, like, like several bags, a sleeve, a sleeve, no more than a sleeve. Like it had to have been more like I think you sometimes give me a sleeve, Like it was like two or three sleeves. Like I just wrecked these things. (laughs) Like as a, it's funny that you brought it up because this is something I've always remembered. Like Ritz crackers, the little round Ritz, like, you know, like I, I don't think I've had a Ritz in, 15 years. I think it's time to change that. Yeah. I still don't like them anymore. I'm not saying they're not good crackers. I'm just saying I don't like them. Like personally, I have something to, like, I can't eat them anymore. Like I, I fucked it up. I think you could. I think, I think, I think enough time has passed where if you had a Ritz, you're like, this is pretty fucking good. <laughs> I think, I think enough time has passed where you could get back into that Ritz train. They're so, they're, they're just salty enough. They're just buttery enough. The perfect consistency. I- I think it's a little too buttery, like now for my taste. You haven't you know, had one in go. 15 years. You already said that. Uh, you don't have a. Yeah, go with salt. Go with the saltine. Yeah, throw a saltine on there. I don't you know. dislike a saltine. A good saltine yeah. is is fine. It doesn't compare to the butteriness of a Ritz. I, I'm not shitting on Ritz. I'm not saying Ritz is not a great cracker. Like it's a fine cracker, but I just I ruined it for myself, and I then therefore ruined it for everyone else when I discuss it. <laughs> You're not going to ruin no. it for me. Ritz, the, here's the here's the thing about Ritz. This is why Ritz are the best crackers. And I love Cheez-Its. Like, as far if you had to, like, measure the amount of money that I spend on crackers, Cheez-Its would be, like, in, in the pole position. I'm not here to, to dispute that. But, like, Cheez-Its, you're just eating Cheez-Its. Like, you don't really... Sure. Go ahead. Sorry. I don't, I'm not sure Cheez-Its are in the same category as a Ritz. They're crackers. Like, maybe a Trisket or a... What's the other one called? Wheat thin. Um, a wheat thin. A wheat thin. Like you know, like those would be like. I'm not sure. Like that seems like like a like a like a cheese it is in the same class as like a like a goldfish cracker or a fishy. So you what, so you're making subclasses of cracker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I never really stopped to think about. It. I I've always just considered like you got chips and you got crackers. But I mean, I don't disagree necessarily that yes, a cheese it is probably closer to a goldfish than it is a Ritz. But I think they're yeah. both still crackers. I just want to stop you for you on a rant that was not going to be fair. If you want to throw in fucking goldfish on this, it, it stands even harder of a point. Goldfish, you're just eating handfuls of goldfish, like that's what you're doing there. Yeah. A Ritz. Equally as good as a standalone cracker, but then if you want to church it up with like some deli meats, some cheeses, maybe you want to put some peanut butter and jelly on those things. Like there's countless opportunities to eat Ritz different ways. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, a, not, and it has more versatility than a saltine in that regard. Like a saltine wouldn't be as good if you're doing like a meat and cheese, like mini little sandwich thing, as a Ritz would be. Well, that's because you grew up with Lunchables and stuff, you know? Like, they had the basic, like, circle cracker in there, you know? That's what you're thinking of. Ritz predate 
Lunchables, for the record. Okay, right? I'm just saying that's what you're that's what you're thinking of. I was already yeah. Team Ritz well before fucking Lunchables were a thing. Yeah, about. but you grew up with that, Eric. You grew up with that. That's it's it's fucking with your ranking here. Like, this is the old lion. You're thinking like, oh, I take a little bit of cheese in the Lunchable, and I've taken a little bit of like, you know, like ham, and I put it on. And that's what you're thinking about with a Ritz. But you know, if you're defining them as you know. First of all, just, don't tell me what my own experiences were as a child, sir. Because I, because I can tell you, lunchable wise, I was exclusively a pizza lunchable man, which are not good. <laughs> Those aren't good uh, lunchables. Like a cold bad. fucking cracker pizza. I know that's how you usually <laughs> make your fucking pizzas, but no normal people don't eat pizza that way, Ryan. I mean, I was a fan. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not saying I wouldn't eat one if one was presented to me. Like fuck, I'll tr- I'll yeah, try it. Yeah. But like that's not the it's not real pizza by any means. But that was like the lunchable that I ate as a kid was pizza lunchable, not the ham and cheese and whatever else. Like for that, hey, I got Ritz. I'm covered. But I mean, you don't. You also don't dip Ritz in like a, a nice like top ramen. You know, you don't dip them like a saltine that you can do. In a, in a top ramen, you know that you don't have that versatility with a Ritz. You can dip a Ritz. Well, you can. Yeah, I mean, it will fall apart. It'll soggy. It'll soggy up. You might need to break it in together. half. You might need to break it in half and then kind of double do a little. Double it's already scoop. too rich, Eric. It's already too fucking rich for that. You, you, know, can, you don't need top ramen in it. A, a saltine does perfectly in a an old top ramen. Well, yeah, that's a very specific scenario, but yes, but a nice cheese dip, a Ritz is going to blow a saltine out of the water. And I know that your butthole doesn't agree with cheese, but I'm just, you know, for most people who have functioning bodies, uh, a Ritz and a cheese dip, (laughs) that's going to be a a nice evening out. Hey, man. Like I said at the beginning of this, I'm not shitting on Ritz. Yeah, you are. You're trying to make this Ritz versus saltine, and I'm not trying to do that at all. I think you don't have your subclasses broken down properly, first of all, for a debate, all right? You didn't come come into this with, like, thinking about that. You're, like, like popping fucking Ritz like you pop fucking cheeses, so that's That's you. You're the one who's eating multiple sleeves of fucking Ritz, dog. I haven't ruined Ritz for myself. I did it one time, and it ruined it for me, Eric. All right, game over. It was over. It That's was your done. own fucking fault. Don't blame it. Don't yeah. take it out on me. Uh, you know, I'm not taking it out on you. I'm taking it out on Ritz. You know, like, <laughs> they're too buttery. They're overly buttery. You're, oh, uh, that's bullshit. I think next time you're over here, I'll have a bet. I'll have a box of Ritz. We'll try <laughs> some. I'll get you, I'll get you a nice non lactose uh, cheese dip. We'll have a, g- a great time over here. I don't like cheese. It's a date. It's a date. It's a date. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be back. Everybody, rumpus time, November 17th. We're inching closer towards Ryan's fourth greatest holiday of Thanksgiving. So stay tuned for that. Ryan, anything else you want to leave the, the people with? I think I really fucked Thanksgiving on my ranking. My bad. I think you just really people. fucked Ritz and my wisdom tree. I'm not as worried about Ritz as I am about Thanksgiving. All right. I'm going to shoot a message to your grandpa on his MySpace. I'm going to let him know what you said about uh, <laughs> this holiday. He's, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna make up shit too. I'm just gonna lie to him outright. I'm gonna be like, listen, I do a podcast with your grandson. He said that you can't cut meat for shit, and I just want oh, you to God. know. I want you to know that before he comes over. So anyway, goodbye. Did I make any claims to him not cutting meat? No, I'm Are saying you? I'm lying. I'm I'm outwardly oh, okay. lying right, and making damn, up things. No, you never know what I say on these uh, podcasts. <laughs> you so. go, you go buck wild on this fucking thing. You just go crazy, just talking right, about right. licking clits and fucking cutting meat. <laughs>
<laughs> Ryan has no more left. I just shut him the fuck up by saying that. But uh, thanks, everybody, for checking this episode out. We got real rambunctious, and I appreciate everyone spending the time with us. And if you're not hard, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. Come back. Rumpus time, the 17th of November. We'll be here for you, eating Ritz and licking slits. Dang. <laughs> Take a sleep, everybody. <laughs> Kinky little sex tandem. Yeah.